liking any of these guys. All the Pirates are going to do is trade them to the Yankees for prospects. Why even bother? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates with an especially crusty angle on this particular episode. Every single time you mention anything positive about the Pirates now, anywhere, I did this yesterday in getting a vaccination, and the very kind lady who was actually wearing a Pirates t-shirt, one of those ones that she got at the Free Shirt Fridays that they have at PNC Park in normal times, And we got into a really brief dialogue about the state of the team. And I thought it would just be fun to mention a couple of the the more common names who are faring well in spring training right now. Brian Hayes mentioned Nick Gonzalez hitting the home run yesterday in the 6-3 victory over the Braves at Lecom Park. And I got back right away. Yankees. They're going to trade him to the Yankees. This is a fan. This is someone who showed up for her her work that day wearing a Pirates t-shirt. This isn't somebody who, you know, hates them, ignores them, whatever. And she starts with, you know, I like this player too. And then they ended up getting traded to the Yankees and, and prospects, Yankees and prospects, and Yankees and prospects. And you hear this all the time now. It's just, I don't know where this stuff spreads. I don't think it's social media with all age groups. Maybe it's a thing on talk radio that I really don't listen to very much. Don't really have the time, not anything against it. Just don't, you know, don't have the clock in the day to pull it off. But wherever it is, it's really become a thing. Yankees and prospects. Okay. Let, let, let's let's start applying some facts here. Fact one, the Pirates generally do really, really, really well when they trade with the Yankees, okay? Can, can we get that part out of the way? Like, Pirates trading with Yankees is not a negative. That's how they got Russell Martin. That's how they got A.J. Burnett. They ended up getting Francisco Cervelli out of New York. Uh, And this most recent trade with the Yankees, meaning Jamison Tyone to New York, for Miguel Yahure and Ruanzi Contreras, is looking like, and I understand neither of these guys are in the majors yet, but this is looking like it is a pretty good haul for the club. I've been singing about both of these guys more than any other new acquisitions that Ben Charrington's had through this spring. Yuhure's got the best off-speed stuff of any pitcher at any level of the organization right now. Just needs some polishing, particularly on fastball command. Contreras is throwing 102, 102 miles an hour. And with ferocious uh, off-speed knee-breaking stuff, 
to keep hitters guessing with a little bit of an attitude about him, too. This is not getting nothing in return. This could be really something. And I'll, you know, state this into oblivion, but I hope Tyon does great in New York. I'd love to see it be one of those classic trades that helps both teams. Tyon can win a World Series after everything he's been through. Fantastic. But don't make it sound like they got nothing back or they were just doing it just to, you know, lower payroll. Tyon wasn't making that much anyway. They're in a phase where they're they're trying to build something with a whole bunch of talented younger players. That's what they got. That's what they got. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at the North Shore Tavern. That's the companion restaurant to Mike's Beer Bar directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, the side with the Willie Stargell statue. North Shore Tavern is the home of Steak on a Stone. But one really cool thing about having both of these places right there next to each other is that you can have yourself a meal, actually at either place, but North Shore Tavern, is the one with the stake on a stone. And when you're done, you can head right on over to Mike's and pick up your favorite from the more than 500 beers he's got on tap. Crowlers, mix and match, six packs, the whole deal. North Shore Tavern on Federal Street right across from PNC Park. But here's the other thing as it relates to this. It's not 1965 anymore. Nobody stays with one team. I don't know if other cities cling to this concept the way we do in Pittsburgh, but, man, we have got to let it go because it's just not a thing anymore. You just don't see it, especially not in a non-salary cap sport. Maybe... It's looking at the Steelers having Ben Roethlisberger for his whole career. Maybe it's looking at the Penguins with Sidney Crosby uh, and other similar stories between those teams. But the fact is, and I do mean fact, because it's the one that leaps out here or should leap out, is that those are cap leagues. You can find a way to keep a truly great player, a generational player, on your team if you want to, in a cap league because there's only so much they can get somewhere else. Or in the case of the NFL, you can franchise a guy. You can just say, we're not letting him go. We're going to stick with the franchise price tag and he's ours. So we see those things with the other two teams and we think, oh, they care so much more. They're cap leagues. They can do that. Pirates couldn't do that in a zillion years until baseball has a salary cap. When the Pirates were doing this sort of thing that everyone speaks so fondly about, whether you go back to Roberto Clemente and Willie Stargell spending their entire careers in Pittsburgh, other players along the way, you should also remember that the reason that it was so devastating that the Pirates lost in 1992 was that they were the team that had the highest payroll in baseball. Did you know that? 
they had the highest payroll in baseball. Know what it was? $15 million. The Bonds, Benia, Vance Light Group, $15 million. Highest payroll in baseball. And they couldn't keep it together. And they knew that. And they knew they were going to lose Bonds to the highest bidder somewhere. And they did. It ended up being San Francisco. And they knew they weren't going to have another crack because they knew the sport was going to become what it has. I don't know that anybody could have foreseen that it would be this bad, but it is. So this idea that people have about, oh, just keep him in the, if I buy this jersey, when will I not have to wear it? Don't worry about it. Enjoy what you're watching. Who says your jersey has to last a lifetime? You know, it's a different game now. It just is. Every player that you see join the Pittsburgh Pirates. That player is going to be in Pittsburgh or can be in Pittsburgh for as long as six years. That's how long it takes. Six full years of Major League service time before they can become a free agent. Now, a team can decide to trade you before that because you get traded for greater value. That's what the Tampa Bay Rays do, and that's also why the Tampa Bay Rays are really, really good. Because they don't wait till year six. They move somebody in year four when they can get a, a ton for him like they just did for Blake Snell. And I'm sure that if the Rays had actual fans, they don't, but if they did, those people would complain, yeah, wow, gee whiz, really? You couldn't just keep one guy? I'm sure that you'd hear some of that. But that all would go in one ear and out the other once they start winning again, when they actually start playing ball. The Pirates are doing now what they should have been doing all along, and they can't listen to this stuff. They, they really shouldn't listen to this stuff. This stuff doesn't matter. If you get Kebrian Hayes for five years or six years, enjoy him. What else in your life are you worrying about that happens five or six years out? Or is that just something that's committed strictly to following the Pirates? Yeah, I mean, I like watching this kid now, but will I be able to watch him in 2028 or 2029? Who cares? Who cares? Watch the games that are happening right in front of you. When we come back, there's one question. Today's entry comes from Jeremy, who says, DK, I had a chance to see Kyle Crick pitch the other day. His slider's just dirty. Can he be an effective closer as a slider-heavy pitcher? I remember Mike Williams 20 years ago as a slider-heavy closer, and it was scary most of the time. I think he had 40-plus saves one year, but he was anything but dominating in the final inning. <laughs> dominating is not the term I would have used to describe Mike Williams's performances, he would put people all over the bases every time out. But the reason that he did, and this is why the comparable that you bring up here, Jeremy, is just perfect, is that he was counting on the hitter to swing at the slider. And if you'll also recall, when Mike Williams eventually lost his luster, it was because hitters, just, especially righties, would just step into the box 
knowing they weren't going to see a strike. So they would just basically put their bat on the shoulder, let him work his way into deep counts, throw a fastball they knew they could kill, and then they would kill that fastball. And that was the end of the at-bat and ultimately the end of Williams's career. The same thing applies to Crick, whether he's closing or not. That, that's, that's immaterial to his performance. I think he's got the, the, the moxie, the, the intangibles, that sort of thing that all managers are looking for in a closer. Uh, some people now laugh that stuff off. There's no such, shouldn't be any such thing as a closer or whatever. You know what? Tell it to the people playing and managing the game. Uh, they will disagree with you violently. They think it's not everything, but it's a big, big, big part of it. Crick's got that. Here's what he was missing in 2020, his fastball. And not just his velocity, which was down, but also his command. He was spraying, and when he couldn't locate the fastball, that affected the location and the command of the slider. And then everything was just out of whack. I mean, he was just, every time you watched him pitch, it was just like, ugh. I mean, it was, it was, it was painful. But how painful was it for him was the question that the Pirates had to figure out. Now, he ends up getting shut down. He obviously never had a procedure on his elbow or arm in any form, but he was shut down. And he shows up in spring training this year. I, I actually watched his very first session over at Pirate City, and he was spraying again, but he was throwing hard again. And I think that's what Derek Shelton and Oscar Marine most wanted to see. Then once he got comfortable with his velocity being back, he started finding more of his command in some of the grapefruit games and then you started to see a really pleasant combination of the two because his velocity started to tick back up. It's still not at the 95 where it was the previous year, but you're seeing him routinely ramp up within the inning to 92, 93, 94, getting to where you know that he can be there for the games that matter when you really, really get into it. And that's encouraging. I wouldn't put him in a position where he has to think of one additional thing, if that's what you're asking here, Jeremy. I, I would not put him in a position where he's going to go and compete or duel with Richard Rodriguez for closing. I just want to see Kyle Crick throw strikes. If he throws strikes, he's going to be effective because, like Mike Williams, he's going to be able to put that fastball in the zone with some oomph, unlike Williams. And he's also, because of his arm angle being unchanging when he throws the fastball or the slider, he doesn't advertise them. He's going to have batters off balance, and he can be that thing that you're talking about. I just don't want to see it right now. To me, when this season starts, even though Shelton has declared no such thing, the closer has to be Richard Rodriguez, even if he doesn't have the name, even meaning like he doesn't have the title. That's our closer. Um, he showed that he was pretty comfortable with that 
last September. Now, yes, it was empty stadiums. It was a different vibe and all that other stuff. And, of course, the Pirates didn't have many games to close, and the ones that they did close were meaningless because they'd already lost a billion. So asterisks all around when we're talking about closer. I just don't want Crick doing it right now. Good question. Good stuff. Thanks to everybody for listening to this episode of Daily Shot of Pirates, and we will do another one tomorrow. At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.